The Piddock Mansion, historic, foreboding, mysterious, the perfect backdrop for a well-done killer horror movie. Maybe one day they'll make one there. We watched Unhinged and The Haunting of Sarah Hardy, so that means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen, if you thought you had seen it all. Now we're finding out, aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't we? Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Todd Workoven, and with me as always is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm doing really well. I'm good, good. Catching up with technology, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Good. I'm, I'm a little thrown because the, the lead out of the film strip noise did not come up in my sounder, and now I'm all worried. But we are also joined, of course, by Brian, the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Hello, Todd. I'm doing very well. Good, good. Portland's most fabulous. Por- or most fabulous. Most fabulous. You, at, can, uh, you can address me as uh, your royal highness. <laughs> or your, fa- your fabulousness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, we watched uh, two really interesting movies uh, for... For this episode, uh, two dueling horror movies, both of which were filmed uh, almost completely at the Pittock Mansion. It was which, kind of unplanned. Yeah, I was going to say, which we didn't really know until I started watching. I was like, oh, Brian picked these because both of them were filmed at the Pittock Mansion. Of course I did. <laughs> and the, the the weird thing about that is that when I went to the, I think it was on the Pittock Mansion website or something affiliated, and they were like, movies filmed here. They had three listed, <clears throat> Unhinged. The Haunting of Sarah Hardy and Body of Evidence, which is... Right, Madonna. Madonna's but there movie. has got to be more movies than just those three that have the Pittock Mansion in it. That there, There's one from... Uh from nineteen from the nineteen seventies, uh, it's on the Wikipedia page. I don't okay. remember what it's called. Okay, uh, but there's one more because I just felt that, that not much. Oh yeah, I do remember it was <clears> one more. But that seems crazy. I mean, because especially for how many things have been filmed here that we're finding out for it not to show up is. I wonder if the rules changed or if just people don't ask or know it's there or. So I uh, I, <laughs> I was at the Piddock Mansion today talk, oh. talking with the executive director and the marketing manager. Uh, wow. And, and I for, br- the po- for the podcast. I, podcast. <laughs> it incidentally happened to coincide with the podcast. But uh, did you tell him what we were doing or not? Did you just uh, not bring it up? Uh no, no, no. I, I talked to both of them. Uh, the executive okay. director, her name is Jen, and uh, and uh, neither of them have seen these movies. Which was also shocking to me. That's uh, terrible. Both were recorded in the 1980s and the other one in the 70s. And uh, they they hadn't seen, they'd heard rumors about, oh, that one's really gory and this, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, but, they, but, but nothing else. And, and they said uh, attendance at the, at the mansion just wasn't a, a tourist attraction like it is today. And so it was really not attended back in that in that period and so they were much more open to renting it out and yeah. and and clearly they rented this place out for a long period of time mm-hmm. that all the interiors and all of the exteriors were were used in the movie and I, both movies used you know used many of the same interiors and and yeah uh, everything I think I read Unhinged filmed there for 19 consecutive days oh yeah I was just nights. looking that up you're yeah 19 consecutive nights yeah and just just for uh, um, completeness' sake, uh, the the other movie was called First Love. First Love from 1977. Okay. I want to watch that one sometime. Interesting. Yeah, we'll get that on the list. Um, 
man, I feel like a bad Portlander. I've never been to the Pitic I Ranch. have not either. <laughs> and I think I think it's one of those things you do like when a tourist comes to town yeah, or something like that. And I feel like maybe back when I was married, that was something like my wife would take them to the Pitock Mansion. Yeah. Uh, so I've just never, it's kind of like the grotto. I think I've been to the grotto like once. Maybe. Or it's something you do in first grade. And if you didn't go to first grade in Portland, <laughs> the field you trip, probably yeah. haven't done it. Yeah. I've been to the mansion from the outside. See, and see I haven't it. even been up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, both of these movies, uh, one of them called Unhinged. The second uh, the, is called The Haunting of Sarah Hardy. And we'll kind of take Unhinged first and then moved on uh, to Sarah Hardy. Um, Unhinged was filmed in 1982 by a man named Don Gronquist, uh, and he had made a couple other, was this his? It was his second film. His second film. Right. Um, the other one we're, we're trying to hunt down, Rockabilly, Rockabilly Rocky and the something or other. In the hop of life, I don't know. Yeah, it's so that a, one. I, a great title. That one is going to be uh, interesting to kind of dig up too to see where it is, but um, this movie uh, had a $100,000 budget, and like we said, filmed on location for 19 nights. Um, fiercely independent production yeah and it sound it sounded like this was not in the thick from what i understand uh david walker who uh comes up in like every single movie we re- we re- easy <laughs> we research can you uh, re- reboot <laughs> i was yeah i was gonna say i was my hard drive was spinning down there for a second <laughs> um but he talks about this this 80s heyday of like that the independent filmmaker and like the gritty productions and stuff like that. We saw that a little with Fatal Fatal Revenge and and Total Reality. Um, I have a feeling this was kind of the beginning the, of that, so. like crawling totally. out of the grime of the 70s grindhouse stuff. Yep, uh, doing stuff on the cheap. Um, although hundred thousand dollars isn't cheap, but I would imagine a big portion of that is renting the Pitock Mansion for for 19 nights. So the only other location in this besides the Pitock Mansion, they do have a shot is a shot of the St. John's Bridge, which made cool me shot. see it made me sad because that bridge is beautiful. And they did like some kind of crazy mid shot. It was a cool shot, but you're right. They don't fully take advantage yeah, of yeah, what because yeah. at have first there. I thought it was like uh, the I-5 bridge or like just it. It, it was really yeah i was I, kind of I, bummed i'm wondering it, how they did that shot actually there was a hell there was a credit yeah they they clearly did helicopter shots in uh, throughout like uh all of the there were several overhead oh, shots that's right. uh, panning and so they yeah. they spent a day with the helicopter yeah and i did see that in the credits there yep. was a, the, a helicopter rental place so um well, do you want to, Brian, do you want to walk us through Unhinged? Sure. I'll start us off and we'll see where we end up. Okay. But Unhinged is the story of three girls um, who go off to go see a rock concert together. Um, it's pretty much the start of so many horror films of the time, of the early 80s slasher flick. You know, you have your uh, cast of teenage characters, and they go off on an adventure together and quickly find themselves getting into trouble. And that's what happens here. We get these uh, the three girls. Let's see. There's the, the black-haired girl. <laughs> there's the blonde girl. And then there's the young girl. <laughs> I guess. There's so the, many feathers going the, just, uh, just Yeah. And these both movies, really. girls were, I wrote it several times, the worst Act, actresses yes. I have ever seen. I wrote seen. it too in all capital letters. Like, I wrote it. I was like, Terry is the worst performer I have ever seen of any kind. Do you happen to have a clip of their acting? I was, yeah. I was going to um, I was gonna find one here. Because um, it is like... They are reading the script and they're holding the script and they're seeing it for the very first time and they're not a very good reader. <laughs> and they've never spoken English before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was like the room level. It was shocking. It was bad. It was. It, there was jarring. It, there was one 
clip where uh, she she's interacting with uh, uh, the guy that uh, the groundskeeper, the, the groundskeeper. Yes. And uh, he asks her a question. Hey, do you want to you want me to bring some of the wood inside? And she stares at him. <laughs> and and then he asks her again, do you want me to bring some wood in? And I I think that that was not part of the script like that just seemed like <laughs> well, she then, just stalled they just you know vanish oh nancy's pretty smart she can handle just about anything i hope you're right you probably are well look i'm finished here uh want me to bring some wood in the house for you Would you like me to bring some wood in for you? Oh no, that's okay. We still have some left over from last night. And what's great about that scene is that I think they just shot it on two different days because they're clearly not talking to each other anyway. And both of them, I mean, that's like a five minute scene. And she, Terry, is standing there with her arms crossed and kind of just, just do it. Weird. And they both stand there the same way for the entire conversation, like unmoving, unframed, un... <laughs> Unhinged. Un- <laughs> I, I hope you I hope you like a lot of talking and sleeping in your slasher flicks because that's what you're gonna get with Unhinged. But I gotta say, when this movie when I first started watching it, it was quickly living up to its title. I was like, all right, we're in for something special here, because for the first two, I clocked it, two minutes and forty five seconds of this movie is nothing but text in a black screen. Wow. And then you know what I'm talking about? It's like she she's waking up and well, the screen stays black for a full minute and there's no text and there's just sound. And I, I thought, thought there was something the, wrong. I thought the YouTube video I watched like yeah. forgot and I the impression I got from this entire movie and it's funny because we just started our Facebook live um uh broadcast and it has that weird delay so we're like we're watching it five seconds there and i feel like this movie was on delay with itself and so somebody would stop talking and it would cut to another character just standing there and not responding for like 10 seconds and then fade to black someone commented on that on the imdb page it's like oh really goof yeah yeah i mean it was there's insane. something weird going on with the sound yeah and it wasn't i felt like it wasn't just a sound but they like you said they, they would just cut back to people who were doing nothing it would cut to a black screen and it would cut to all this but uh, it's like don gronquist i that's that right Gron, i think so gronquist it's hard to say uh it's it's like <laughs> He, he felt bad for giving us two minutes and 45 seconds of blackness because then the very first visual we get, it's like boobies. That, it went zero to boobs very, very quickly. It's true. It's, so, I mean, it's like. And then he made right. up for it by giving us like. Unhinged. A real time drive up the hill to Piddock Mansion because there was so much driving footage. And then they would cut to the car and they would chit chat and then it would be more driving. They had the helicopter for a day. They're going to they're going to use but get all the footage okay. out that they can. So we assemble this cast of girls <laughs> and then they go off on their to their trip and they're going to the concert and it is a shot for shot remake of The Evil Dead. Um because you're they're going off to the cabin and you're seeing the car and they're having conversation and it is exactly and so evil dead came out in 1981 oh okay so this is hot on the heels of that then yeah so this movie truly is a product of its time it is a time capsule yeah and well that and the music and the music too. Uh-huh. the music is bonkers <laughs> it's it's really cool um 
I always talk about this movie, and I'm sure I've told you to watch it before, and you probably haven't, <laughs> but It Follows. Did you ever watch that? Oh, I don't think, because I couldn't find it, I think, and then I gave up and forgot. Okay, it's my favorite horror film from the past 10 years. Okay, I'll watch it then. And it, I say again. <laughs> no, it we'll is, the way that it is filmed is really great, because you have no idea what year it's supposed to be taking place in. It could be 1986, or it could be 2006. It's just really ambiguous. Um and it has a synth score to yeah, go with it. Yeah, this much very much was like if 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 it was a knockoff of Evil Dead in that shot, this was a knockoff of every John Carpenter score ever because it was just like spooky synths and and all of that. It was actually really fun. And in in the like the hardcore horror slasher subgenre, people actually really like the score for. This oh, really? Film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I have. Um, so after they cry, why don't you talk about after they cry? Because then I have some uh, some sound of the dialogue, but it'll okay, include yeah. a couple more people in it. So we'll so th- set that up. So they end up. Uh, this our story sets up. They the car crashes. I think there's a log in the road, and they just run off the road, <laughs> and, and then everything goes black. And then uh, one of the girls, um, I think it's blonde hair girl, wakes up, and she's in the Pittock mansion. Uh, and there's two people standing at the foot of her bed. It's it's um, Mrs. Penrose. Yep. And the groundskeeper, and she's in the Pittock Mansion, and she's being told that there was an accident. We we rescued you, you we brought you here, and your friends are recovering. And yeah, and so I'll play this little to kind of get our head around the dialogue. So there is, oh, I think this is going to start playing here. Hold on. No, it's not. Oh, we should comment that it was a, it was a thunderstorm when they crashed. It was very bad weather. And that's immediately when I knew that it was not supposed to take place in Portland when there was a bad thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this scene, I think, that where this is from, this dialogue is from. So the two girls come down, are invited down to dinner, and at dinner, it's this kind of scary old, right, uh, school marm type, you know, older woman in mother. her fifties, and then there's mother. Yeah, and so there, here's a little bit of the dialogue. Ah, uh, the male influence. Marion is more of an authority on that than I. Isn't that so, Marion? Marion? <laughs> We're still filming, Marion. Hello? Marian? As a child, I was taught that it was proper Line? to be truthful and respectful to one's parents. But take Marion here, for example. Lion? She thinks nothing at all of lying to me. So there's a little taste of the, the, old, the old mother who is, oh, just a terrible person to Marion, who is the... So she's kind of like the caretaker of yeah, the yeah, house yeah. and the mother. She kind of runs the show. She kind of looks like the Wicked Witch of the West before she went to Oz, so like Mrs. Gulch. In, in, um, so she's kind of that type of woman. Um, and I'm trying to find, and I have to find a blind, some dialogue with the three girls. So I might poke around here a second. Yeah. And see, every time I... It's just nothing but silence all the time. Right. There's a lot of sleeping in this movie that I think I mentioned. Um, well, and I noticed that I'm just playing like straight audio from... <laughs> and there has not been a... S- there That's it goes. Some of that great score. Yeah. But part of it was uh, recorded at a place called Rex Recording, and I used to uh, record ads there when I was in advertising. So there's some of our synthesizer sounds. I, I'm not being facetious when I say it's a cool score. Like, that is amazing. It doesn't get more 1982 than that. This is like when I... <laughs> so, Sorry. funny enough, the the composer is a professor at PSU now, and you can oh, take really? a music course from him. Oh, that's really? really cool. Yeah. I wonder if he leads off with this. I'm trying to find a... Just to get back at her. 
with the girls talking. Oh, terribly undisciplined. We totally skipped by the very beginning of the movie. Something that I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and you probably know what I'm gonna say on the radio. That <gasps> yes. yes. Why don't you? Why don't so in the very first scene after there's uh, an interminable amount of just black screen. Right. So we, like we a, mentioned it's two minutes and forty five seconds until we see boobies. <laughs> until we see anything. I mean. Um, <laughs> But in that time, we learn that our main character is like waking up, and that's why it's black and screen. You, yeah, and you and hear it's like a radio the radio go comes off. on, and that's our alarm clock. And while that radio is playing, we get a vintage 1982, 1982 Taco Time ad. Taco Time Taco ad. Taco Time. Okay, so Taco Time. I, Should I find it? I can find it. I Taco know. Time is something that I'd never seen growing up. It it, it is definitely well, a West Coast. Chain. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. It's a it's a Northwest thing. Northwest yeah. thing because yep. they didn't have them in California. It started either. in Eugene. I looked that up today. Oh, nice. oh interesting. Let's today I learned. I can. But that is such a great yeah, this, ad. This might be. I didn't know if that was a real person either. He was credited as himself. Oh. So it may be a real DJ. Interesting. All right, give us our taco time ad. And now this. It's time. Taco time. That's so great. That's so great. That that's gonna be my. And new they did get a special mention in the credits too. Taco did, yeah. did, yeah. That's gonna be my new ringtone. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, this is probably just as good as places any to, to for me to mention. Uh, did you read the trivia on IMDb for this movie? I didn't. Oh my god, it contained the most amazing trivia I have ever read for any film on IMDb, hands down. I'm not exaggerating this time. I'm, I'm reading this quote. Okay. IMDb says trivia for this movie. The majority of vehicles that appear in Unhinged happen to be either white or whitish, light-colored vehicles. Perhaps a trend in Portland at the time, or just coincidence. <laughs> what? <laughs> that... who... <laughs> who would take the time to note, <laughs> to note that for this movie? Right. Like, the thing you want people to know about Unhinged is that there are whitish cars I can in it. only mm. recall one car in this movie, period. And it was just, yeah, you're right, because it was just it's them. their car. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> whitish. Whitish. It was whitish. It's whitish. whitish. <laughs> yeah. It was obviously a trend going on in the uh, auto industry. The other thing is that not only was the driving in real time, but we have several scenes of real time wine pouring like mm. everyone at dinner right. getting their drinks filled up like first it was real time. white wine and the second night it was red wine what what <laughs> was up with are we gonna get to that point I, go like, ahead yeah what, so there were several times where during dinner they just have this moment where the music swells and the crazy mom is focusing on a salt and pepper shaker <gasps> yes or uh, she I does that twice. Twice. In the movie she does it twice for no reason. And, and I was like, okay, they focus on it for like a minute. There's gonna be like, like a supernatural element. She has powers. Everyone, like everyone at the dinner table, notices. Like they make a big deal of her staring. Like they push into her. Describe what what she does. She. It's like she's talking and then gets distracted. Like she sees something on the table and then kind of goes into a trance, and just like stares. And the camera kind of shakes. Yeah, and like goes in and like it's wow. right on the vantage point of the. I don't even know what it is. I didn't know if they're egg they holders they or did, salt right. pepper. They or didn't. They didn't ever go there. Back. No. They, nor did they ever. 
ever again try to say that she was possessed or like in a zone. It's like a subplot that was just abandoned. Just hacked out. (laughs) Yeah, that was I how that is a big question mark. Why does grandma zone out while looking at salt and pepper? (laughs) Uh, We should remind folks that this is a slasher film and we are like 45 minutes into the film by this point. And our main characters are so. So by this point, the main characters, the, the three girls, they're all still alive. And they're told that uh, in Pittock Mansion, where they've been taken, it's a rural uh, mansion, and uh, they're miles from the nearest town. It's very misery. They don't have a phone yeah. in in the house, but they need to call mom, you know, let them know they're okay. Yeah. So the, the, the dark-haired girl decides that she will walk the, you know, treacherous path into town. You know, it's going to take her half a day to get there, and it's not for the faint <clears> of if heart. If she's lucky. If she's lucky, yeah, says groundskeeper Willie. Um so she sets off uh, to, to, to go find a phone in town, and then they expect it, you know, it's a long trip, so it may take her overnight, so they don't get alarmed when she doesn't come back. Um, but she's our first victim, and it's, it's like a full 45 minutes, I think, before we see our first death. At least, yeah. And there's only three main characters, so you know there's only going to be at a maximum three deaths, which is kind of... That, that, that's another thing. While we're at it, the tone of this movie, like it's obviously they're trying to cash in on the early 80s slasher, you know. The Last House on the Left. Don... Gronquist is just watching these films yeah. be made for for nothing and then you know make tons of money yeah and that's what he's trying to do here yeah but he's also he only had one ketchup bottle though to squirt people with blood so we had to yeah use it re- <laughs> the tone also is it's a very slowly paced film and, and it's almost like he's trying to make a Dario Argento more psychological horror film at the same time and he doesn't know if it should be more slasher or more psychological and it just ends up kind of being boring yeah and he wanted to do Hitchcock the slow burn and I think that's everything was a slow burn he was confusing nothing happening with slow burn yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so like see a scene would just like literally end after nothing happened and then another five seconds of black screen and then, like, the story would continue. Like, nothing was accomplished or done. And then they would go to bed. <laughs> and then we'd see them sleep for five minutes. In that ro- in the room with... The- now, did you, Mark, when you were there, what... How was this place... I was trying... It's really hard to tell in this movie because it's so dark. Which was a shame because, like... And maybe it's because it was a bad YouTube video, but... Right. Are you suggesting that we did not acquire this movie? <laughs> I don't know that there is a way to <laughs> legally acquire this movie. movie. But it was hard to tell, like how the house was laid out so do you have any insight of like what parts of the house did you see or were in yeah uh it for for both these movies it's it's the general rooms i i didn't go through all of the rooms at the mansion the other the other day when i was there um i i was there today for a presentation i was there last week to prepare uh, for the presentation i didn't go through every single room in the upstairs which is where the bedrooms are okay uh <clears throat> but the sitting room and the oval room, the the bathroom that's in the other movie, all all those things are there. Oh wow! And so the the bedroom, I did cross reference, uh, you know, put up both screens uh, from both movies. Uh, they're taken from different angles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And does it, it still or have it that? Seems cr- like there there might be it might actually have the been room was two rearranged bedrooms. or something rearranged like that. or the bed the banister on the 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 backboard on the the headboard on the bed. Uh, was different, so I think that they did. They still have that terrible rose wallpaper. 
because that That's was a good in question. both movies. Was it that was in awful, both movies? Awful and wallpaper. I, I assume it's there. I don't think I went into the bedroom okay. uh, when I was there the other day. As I was watching this film in Sarah's parents' house, they had <laughs> almost the identical wallpaper. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. So yeah, the gist of this the this movie. So they're in the one friend goes off to try to walk home. Uh, let, go ahead, yeah, stop yeah, yeah. right there. So uh, <laughs> she's gonna go walk and and find the town. Now the groundskeeper isn't a dedicated groundskeeper to this house. He no. works for other homes. Yeah. So he's traveling. They call him a handyman between these homes. He shows up in a car, doesn't he? He shows up in a car. <laughs> Whitish in color. <laughs> Why doesn't he give her, her a, a ride? ride. <laughs> I think you may have found a flaw in this movie. <laughs> okay. Just, just been... So yeah, instead she walks to her or to her doom in the forest, but then the other friend gets hurt in the initial accident and right. we don't see her show up until we need another body to kill. Right. Young girl. Young she girl. is only there to get killed because she literally wakes up in bed, has a short conversation and the next scene she gets an ax in the forehead. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Um, she, the whole movie, she's gone. Yeah. And, and then you're right. She wakes up and then two minutes later she's dead. Yeah. Why are you here? I, I think because they just needed someone else to kill. So this whole movie, we every once in a while we'll see like when they're playing, and these girls brought so many clothes to their jazz concert yes. or whatever. Clothes they were like informal wear, something you would never wear at a jazz concert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're like playing Scrabble on the ground or whatever, and they would hear they hear things or think they see things out rustling in the bushes outside. They've built a routine. They're like living in the house, <laughs> and it's just like they're playing Scrabble. <laughs> That we constantly hear. That's good, Mark. We constantly hear this breathing, and then the the one scene when the girls are talking about the breathing and what they describe it as. Do you remember that? I do, and I think I might have that. So I have a clip of um, just general their acting styles, but then also they are hearing in the walls. Um, attention, fun employment radio listeners. Uh, there's a wall man in this in this movie <laughs> where the, there's a peephole and a heavy breather. So I think this might be. This soundtrack love is it. out I of love control. It. This soundtrack is amazing. It's so awful. Can, can and we my favorite this? <laughs> I know. Are we allowed to broadcast that film? <laughs> but the funniest part of that is they'll show a close-up, like a uh, psycho style, which this I think movie tries to steal a lot from too. They show his eyeball, like looking through the peephole, and then they show his vantage point from the peephole, which is the bottom corner of the bed, which would be in smack dab in the middle of the room. Like they're showing it from the vantage point of at the foot of the bed, like, and both girls are in bed. So it made no sense. You know. <laughs> so then the one girl asked the other girl if she heard the heavy breathing. And yeah. she's like, it sounds like, you know, he's doing it with himself. Doing it with himself. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that term since Man. junior high, I think. He's doing himself. <laughs> um, but then after, after the girl that goes to look for help, she's wandering around the forest. She stumbles up onto this figure that is uh, holding one of the big... Sickle or scythe? I never know the difference. Scythe. I, I say scythe. Scythe. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking to Mark for confirmation. Not, not gonna get it from He's me. holding one of those long tools with the yeah. crude blade from Children right. of the Corn aside. Um, and it's a uh, communist symbol. She gets yes, she gets hacked to death, which was kind of a bummer. I mean, we're already 45 minutes in, mm-hmm. and she gets killed, and all it is is like you see blood squirts. Like you don't really, yep. see, it's not a good kill. And then close up of her mouth with blood. With blood coming out of it, out yeah. There was one part when she was getting hit by the side though. She grabbed the blade and that made me like, oh, yeah. that made me really uncomfortable. I thought yeah. that was really cool. But yep. then they didn't it was. Really, I thought her fingers were going to come off, but they didn't really go that far. But no. I did think that was neat. Yeah. But um, then we get this, this movie is just inexplicably in real time and lives up to its name. It lives. It is unhinged. So we have the um, the Mrs. Gulch lady. What is her name? Penrose. Penrose. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Penrose. Um, she talks to Terry, who is the blonde, the ditzy blonde. The and, main character. And the main character. And she gives an unfathomably long three-minute monologue. Oh. Where the camera does not change. It does not move. It is not exposition it that's, is not i mean they're in the mansion like they could compose a beautiful shot but like they don't you better Everything be paying is, attention because that's the, the entire plot is in that three minutes yeah so i have a little clip and it just goes on on and on you must understand my father was a very undisciplined man while mother thought it proper to keep the family unit together he was off exploring some jungle with his friends. So she goes on and on and on for three minutes and lays out the backstory that uh, they used to live on the East Coast. The dad um, had an affair with a nine-year-old. Affair with a yeah, <laughs> is that what we're calling it these days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that and then they had to leave in shame or whatever. And the mother moves away and hates men so they can't right. be and that's why the grandma keeps saying you and your men in here i hear men when you're yeah. she thinks that the dot that mrs penrose so that was one of my questions so why do they have the groundskeeper around if no men are allowed but yeah. then, yep, then the groundskeeper is like him in and, the house him in his and car massaging legs when she wakes <laughs> up and like she's all cre- he's all creepy and all up in their business yeah. <laughs> whatever so S- then what happened? Where, um, so much doesn't happen in this movie like for so long. Four to five minutes go the, by. The the young girl wakes up and we kill her, and then yeah. and then and then stuff starts to happen uh, quickly. Um, the main girl uh, is is being chased uh, by this unseen man <clears throat> in the wall, and then eventually she's able to hear the backstory that. Well, she runs upstairs. She runs upstairs to the attic or whatever, and sees a dusty gun and a machete, gun and a machete, and just laying out on the table. And a photograph. Of and a photograph. Two children. Yeah, that's right. And then we get another big reveal, which is because she's she keeps thinking she sees a man, and then the, uh, and then she gets and she's attacked. hearing a man, and and then there's a man that comes through pokes the, in the window. And then she runs screaming, and Mrs. Primrose is like, oh, don't be afraid. And then she reveals that's our brother. He is yeah. mentally challenged. He has to live. Our mother has disowned men, and so he doesn't exist, but he hangs around. And, and he lives in the forest? And he has the mental capacity of a five-year-old. Yeah, and they make him live outside. And, like, and then Terry, our main character, is, is like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, she's immediately okay with it. Well, at least Thanks you for gave ex- him clothes. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. 
<laughs> but then it, it keeps up um, and uh, he continues to harass her and then he chases her back into the house and she she runs all the way back to the attic. She grabs the gun and she shoots him in the head. Yes. And uh, close on their heels is Mrs. Penrose and she, what have you done? Yeah. What, you know? Why did you kill Carl? Why did you kill Carl? And then she grabs the machete, Mrs. Penrose does, and starts monologuing as she hacks up yeah, she says Terry that to death. Carl, oh, during the chase before um, Terry kills Carl, she stumbles upon uh, the tool shed where there is the dismembered bodies of, of like 20 I was wondering girls. how many people were supposed to be in there. Well, th- in the journey when they were off to the concert, there was a radio broadcast yep. and they said that 23 oh, girls yeah. have gone missing recently. And like, just imagine that <laughs> if 23 young women had gone missing on it, the way to Lollapalooza, right. We would probably look and into the, it. And, and they're just like casually mentioning this. Well, the other thing I couldn't figure out, did they, did this family living in, um, in Pedock Mansion, did they put the log in the road to make them crash? I don't believe so. So all 23 people just happen to crash near them and and end up at their house. Somehow these 23 people ended up at the mansion. Okay, and so, so it they was they have to kill them. sort of accident or whatever. I so, would think so. So yeah, so Mrs. Pembrose is hacking Terry, the, the dumb blonde, to death. And she starts monologuing. And she says that Carl had nothing to do with it. And then... And then we, the reveal. Then the yeah. reveal. Yeah, so she had killed Carl with a gun. Yeah. And then... Uh, what's her name? Miss Penrose, uh, or Marion? Marion. Marion Penrose. Uh, you you hear her real voice, and her real voice is a man's voice dubbed over her voice. <laughs> now I, yeah, and and they show a really quick shot chest, of chest some hair. Chest, chest hair, which hair. is really hard to see, and it was like it was expecting the audience to put a lot together really quickly. But I thought she even looked different. I wonder, and it didn't. It wasn't credited, but I could swear that it was played by a man at the end. Mm, I don't think so. They looked similar, but I thought, man, because like looking at the rest of the movie, it's clearly a woman, and the the person um, playing it uh, is a, is a woman. And and but at that very end part, yeah, it is revealed that Mrs. Penrose is a man, and she's been pretending to pretending be a man, pretending to be a. A, oh, woman, sorry, a woman, woman, because his her crazy mom yeah. in the wheelchair hates men, and yep. so she's had to keep up this. But it doesn't give in, like, so um, how does the murder fit into it? They just can't let anyone right. And why only girls get murdered? It, wouldn't girls be the ones that would be okay? No, no dudes went to that concert. <laughs> it was the Indigo Girls concert. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Indigo Girls concerts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make too rest much my we, case. We both literally were watching Wilson Phillips' video before this podcast true. started. Twenty-three uh, young girls <laughs> and Mark Middleton are missing. <laughs> so yeah, that that there was a lot. If if anyone have you seen Sleepaway Camp? Yes. So it had sort of that vibe at the end where it was just like let's throw in this crazy gender bending yeah. nonsense absolutely however sleepaway camp came out after it was like 83 or so something so here's the question do you think sleepaway camp was stealing something from unhinged maybe that would be crazy that would be pretty interesting because sleepaway I mean, camp is like really famous for its oh ending yeah, yeah. Where what is that what is that show um it's not a show. It was a hot, Wet Hot American Summer, 
like yeah. directly parodies Sleepaway Camp, like down to their clothing and some of the characters and stuff like that. So technically, that could be influenced by, <laughs> by unhinged. unhinged. Wow. But yeah, so that so I know this movie was going for atmospheric and tense and stuff like that, and I felt like sometimes it almost did it. I don't know if it was by accident, but then the rest of it was just it felt I, I it felt like it was written by a foreigner for the first like the way they talked was just bizarre. <laughs> I, think that was just and the I don't acting. know. And the acting was so bad, like when they were I couldn't follow what they were saying, the girls story wise because I couldn't tell their chit chat like their transitional chit chat from main plot because it was just all delivered the same way and it was like they were reading it off the page for the first time and like I couldn't follow that at all so don't get me wrong I am glad that this movie exists because this is the only movie of its kind that we are probably ever going to get to watch uh, doing this podcast yeah Um, and it's not a terrible film of its kind, you know, if you want right. to see a, a typical 80s slasher. And flick. I do think if they tightened up the editing, because so much of it is just yes. such flat editing yes. that it could be turned into like a really great one hour movie. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> like a, a 20 minute featurette. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember, we did watch the trailer at some point and we were just like, holy crap, that was filmed in Portland. Yeah. And we were like, that's going to be amazing. That's be so good. But and it was a lot. Was, I mean, and all of the kills. So the second girl gets killed with the axe to the head, which you don't see. You see the aftermath. So, like, none of the kills were all that great. And even the last one where where um, um, she was hacking Terry with a machete, you only saw her swinging the machete. Yeah. Right. Like, you didn't see anything that was, like, interesting or great or... Yeah. Low, I mean, it's low budget. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't have, you know... You know the special effects to be able to hack into a you know a mannequin and make it look reasonable. They uh, oh, re- oh I do have one more thing. So we not only get right out of the gate the gratuitous nudity at the beginning, but right before the first kill, like at maybe minute thirty five, after they take another nap or they go to sleep again, all of a sudden both girl both girls are in the shower are in the shower again. Yeah, together. And did you hear what they were talking about? Because I wrote it down. I don't remember what so they were So they're in the shower, do, in the and shower. the guy is peeping, I think, peeping through his right. people or whatever. Which, um, But the the one girl, probably Terry, says, Oh, be sure to tell my mom to pick up my dad's birthday present at Dillard's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> that was the conversation. And the other girl said, Oh, man, And like you couldn't hear. that. Maybe that wasn't the script. Maybe they were they just, were just actually t- talking. Ad-libbing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they were, were asked to they take didn't a shower. Know they were on the, camera. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. Like, had nothing to do with what we had never heard about her dad, a birthday, like anything concerning the plot. It was just, can you re- can you be sure to tell my mom so, <laughs> to pick up my dad's birthday present? The other thing to note about this movie mm. is it, it is somewhat infamous in that it is one of 72 movies. The infamous uh, British video nasties. Yes. Um, this is when the British censorship uh, of video cassettes in the early 80s, um, due to a, a loophole, a lot of uh, these video cassettes were bypassing British censorship. So they retaliated by uh, banning, uh, and they made a list of 72 films which were forcibly removed from shelves wow. in Britain. Um, and this movie was actually selling quite well on video cassette in in Britain, and then it was pulled from shelves and not seen again for something like twenty and every, years. Everything I read about it, everyone kind of agreed that it was kind of rustled up unnecessarily. I mean, this movie is not 
graphic mm, other than compared, a few blood, blood yeah, squirts. I compared mean, to a lot of other films yeah, that were censored. But yeah. just the fact that it was on that list of censored films kind of gave it a reputation. Yeah. Um, oh, so that, oh. you know, over the years, collectors have sought out this movie. And it's funny. I was actually going to, I really wanted to buy a, a VHS copy of this film because yeah. it was such a cool VHS box. Do you have any idea what they're going for on eBay? How much? About a hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Because they did. It did say that they um, they released a DVD in two thousand four uh, in the United Kingdom, and then in the United States in two thousand five, um, and then again in two thousand twelve by Code Red DVD. So we are so in we, Portland. If you ever see this on VHS, Todd, uh, don't oh, t- don't turn it into a notebook, please. Don't turn it into a notebook. The DVD that came out uh, in two thousand twelve was limited to only five hundred copies. Uh, the film was released in a remastered hmm. DVD in two thousand fourteen in the United Kingdom. So that would be the wrong. Uh, the wrong format and they even remade this movie uh it came out this yep. year i watched a trailer for the remake now i knew there was another movie called that but it doesn't there's actually like five remake there's like yeah. five movies called it Unhinged. is directly related to this movie yep but yeah there's a movie that came out this year in england um oh wow it was obviously a direct not, remake obviously not filmed here but no yeah. not filmed here filmed wow. in, in england but it's funny it's a slight twist it takes place in england but the the girls are all american girls touring oh england. funny hostile style <laughs> yes from portland all right so, any other any last thoughts on unhinged unhinged uh yeah i i mean i i would definitely recommend it doesn't say would you recommend it is free yes. on youtube um mm-hmm. and it doesn't appear that anyone's trying to take it out both of these movies actually are free on youtube right yep. now so yeah, I mean, if, if especially if you like if the the night the, the if you want the, something to watch in October this month that you have not seen before, yeah, and, and you live in Portland, grindhousey, low budget, give it a watch. Totally. All right. Do we want to move on to the haunting of yes, Sarah the Hardy? The haunting. Yes, we do. So the haunting of Sarah Hardy, I originally thought was a lifetime. It was made for TV, and I assumed it was a lifetime movie. But it turns out I did too. It's a Bernstein Bears effect. We just all <laughs> totally. Uh, it actually was for the USA Network. So no. kind of close. Same um, thing. Whatever. But yeah, it was uh, filmed in uh, again the twenty-two room Pitock Mansion. Um, what is it about, Todd? What happens? So the haunting of Sarah Hardy is a like we said a usa movie uh about this girl who the movie starts in a flashback where this little girl uh is at her dad's funeral um and the mother is uh very cold and withdrawn and and eventually at the at the reception after the funeral at the house it comes up it has a daughter come up and she says you and him were better you loved him more than you loved me just admit that you wanted me to die and makes the little girl say it the little girl says, oh, I, I wish it was you instead of him. And the mom freaks out and jumps out a window and walks into the ocean. Now, did, when that happened, did you think that she was going to plunge to her death when she jumped out the window? <laughs> I did. Yes, of course. Because the funny thing about this is that it is filmed at the Piddock Mansion, which in this movie is located on a bluff over the Oregon coast. Right. They're using free willy geography. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So every time they go outside, they run for a little bit and they're at the ocean. So the mom jumps, right. walks into the ocean, which I thought was a really, I liked that scene because it, it was scary to me for some reason, just watching someone just walk purposely into the ocean and i knew it must have been freezing Freezing. and they all ran into the water uh so that was the flashback that it opens with and then um it moves to 12 years i think later and we get Celia ward who is the star Uh, she was in the reason i knew her is she was in the 90s show once and again that came out (laughs) at the same time as like a show called relativity and like 
kind of those uh, grown up my so-called life type shows. She was in a bunch of stuff. She was in a bunch of stuff. Um, and I didn't recognize the the male lead either of them. No, a uh, bunch of Young and the Restless, okay. Days of Our Lives, uh, the 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 the. Every Man. other Lifetime movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Glasses? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Glasses. Uh, no, he was in a ton of soaps. Okay. Uh, and, and so the, the husband. Yeah, so this uh, is full on, and, like, I we keep saying and, Lifetime movie. And the psychiatrist. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's important book. to point out that in that flashback, like, it's the girl whose, you know, father died and her mother's crazy and killed herself. But it's three childhood friends. It's the girl and then her two friends, a girl with blonde hair and then a guy, a little boy with, with enormous little, glasses. Enormous glasses. So that we'll but, know which but one don't he is. They, they never really emphasize the, the like they make a couple like side references to that they were childhood friends, but it took me a while to piece that together okay. and and put that Oh, I, these are the same people. Yeah, uh, yeah and I think I this. only did because they did the glasses thing. I was like, oh, this oh. guy, because the adult, huh, oh, right. adult grown up guy has these yeah, ridiculously big square glasses. I put, I put that together right okay. away. So yeah, so they all grow up. Um, Celia Ward, the main character, the little girl, is getting married to some to Austin. His name is, um, and they decide to move back to the Pedock Mansion, which is, they call it something else in this right, movie, Right, because she, the, her mother, the after, after the death of her mother, she inherits it, yeah. along with the fortune of the family. <clears throat> yeah, and then, but hadn't moved there, and she's moving back with the husband right. to confront her, her demons. And they call whatever. it the Pines, yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. And so all, uh, so the grown-up children are what I keep calling Doctor Glasses. His name is Alan. He is a therapist, friend, yep. psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's her psychiatrist. I'll we'll get into there's that. some stuff. <laughs> we'll get into I that have questions. relationship, and we also have Morgan Fairchild. <sighs> Morgan, who Fairchild. is in full. 80s bloom in this with her giant white cascading hair and just shoulder pads upon sweaters upon turtlenecks upon I mean she looked like a linebacker this entire movie she had shoulder pads that went down to her elbows they were like it was insane so they're all grown up um Grace Jones I've read for everybody just <laughs> She's a Bond villain suddenly halfway through this movie. Uh, so they move back. The um, What would you call the older woman? She's not the butler because she's a woman. Is she the butless? Uh, the groundskeeper? The keeper of the house, <laughs> right. I guess. Not like the maid. But and had she been hiring her for years? That's what I wondered. So there? she grew up with, with this woman who right. was like the house caretaker, I guess you want to call yeah. her, um, and was raised by her and all that. Um, but yeah, after moving back, I was unclear if... She and her name was Mrs. Uh, Miss Stepford. Oh, because I think it was a, a lazy reference to Stepford Wives right, somehow. Yeah. But yeah, I was unclear if she lived there the whole fifteen years that. But anyway, I I think so because she must she have said, kept up the place. She said, "Do you know how long I've worked for your family?" Yeah, too long. Too long. <laughs> that made me sad. <laughs> but before, so they get married. It was when they had the re wedding reception. Was that where was that? Was that in the house? Oh, uh, it was I, like a ballroom I or a big open room. It felt bigger than the house. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't I sure. Know. It could be in the house. It could be another location. Yeah. So anyway, but my favorite. <laughs> so so far we've got the Pittock Mansion and we've got the Oregon Coast. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and those are pretty much. Well, we have one more location that. I can't figure out, and that's where the psychiatrist Doctor Glasses works. works. Yeah, and I didn't know where that you was. You wondered, Mark, if it was Reed, 
college because huh. like the buildings kind of look oh, right. like that oldish. Oh, that's right. But um, yeah, we'll put that on the Facebook page and see if somebody if that looks us. familiar because I'm not very was, familiar with it was with Reed. Not credited anywhere. But at their wedding reception, a thing that keeps coming back in, the, in this movie is lilies because the mom there's yes. lilies she had to put on her dad's grave. Yep. Then there are lilies found in their greenhouse or whatever. But they're at their wedding reception and and someone says, "Oh, you got some flowers and it's a bouquet of lilies." lilies. And there's no card or the card is not signed or whatever. And they walk out and there is this old woman at the party. Who's standing there and she says, because we're, Sarah looks at it and is like, oh, these are lilies and she storms out or whatever. And the old woman goes, well, I think it's perfectly tacky. You don't send lilies to a wedding, do you? Yes. And her little friend goes, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) A, is that a rule that I was not aware of? You're not supposed to bring lilies to a wedding. I'd never thought about it before. And she was so, and I think she comes back later during uh, when they find out that Sarah uh, is pregnant. She also says, oh, I'm so glad they're not waiting to have children. I hate these 40 year olds with their toddlers. I immediately figured out what age the actors were during that scene because I was like, they got to be close to 40. (laughs) Which was just to have her pop up in the background and say like negative things and then like scurry off screen was amazing. But there was a lot of... For um, reference, they were 33 and 34. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) In their 40s. Um, so the, the last movie unhinged had gratuitous nudity right out of the gate. And what I figured the female equivalent was for these lifetime movies is makeout scenes, not sex scenes, but that gross, wet, comfortable kissing noises, the room level, uncomfortable (laughs) makeout. It was like listening to someone eat a peanut butter sandwich. It looked like he was trying to eat her head. You, you know what I would do for $10,000? Anything you want. <laughs> Bring your checkbook. Oh, Bring your checkbook. Right. It's Yeah, they had so many just unnecessarily, <laughs> unnecessary makeout scenes in this movie. In the 90s, it was supposedly sexy to show your back. Just like, let's get some back shots. <laughs> that was very risque. And there was there was the sexy saxophone. Yes. All over <laughs> Every this movie. time it happened. I wish I would have marked down a good spot. I think I might have one later. But yeah, that. It was like on cue. It's that silk stockings, like yep. trill of a saxophone into. Yep. Moonlighting intro. Kind Red of. shoe yeah. diaries. <laughs> but yeah, there was. Uh, That's how you knew it was a uh, Lifetime movie and not a Hallmark channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this was on the this Ooh. was on the USA Network, so Ooh. this this maybe was on USA Late night Hallmark all night. Do you guys remember that? Uh, I only do because yeah. I saw that this movie was with another movie on an on a okay. instance yeah. of up, up USA all up all night. That's what I remember. <laughs> so we also get the Doctor Glasses friend who has painted hair. Oh, is it? Was it that his gray? Because he's he has longer hair, but it's it's shown to be gray, and oh. it looks like the worst community yeah. theater, yeah, yeah old totally. man spray makeup. Right. It's totally okay. It's totally the high school actor as a sixty year old. <laughs> totally. So well, I've been out here all these years. <laughs> so what we learn about this character uh, is that they have remained friends throughout the years. And he has always had affection for her, which she has not necessarily returned. And he has 
become her psychiatrist. Like she visits him and has therapy sessions with him. Um, and then after her wedding, we learn that she's pregnant. And then he is the one to call her to let her know she is pregnant. How does that work? I had so many ethical and moral <laughs> issues with this man because uh, he, yeah, like they grew up together. He acts as her therapist. He is in love with her. They, and then it is, cra- and then yes, yeah, she, he delivers the news to her that she's pregnant. He, right. and then he, he might also be her gynecologist <laughs> because you remember what he that's says? That's what I think. They're, they're talking at the party and they're like, we've got to stop this. You know, there's obviously we have to stop these looks with each other. There's like a, a love triangle. And Sarah says, we have to stop looking at each other. And Dr. Glasses goes, Sarah, I'm your doctor. I have to look at you. <laughs> and it's like g- gross. Because, yeah, is he the gynecologist as well? Because he's like, you're pregnant. The other doctor called me your friend. Well, it is the me. it is the Oregon coast. So. <laughs> and it was right. the 80s when when all of women's health issues had to go through a man of some sort. <laughs> HIPAA compliance didn't exist at the time. <laughs> so that's actually a funny point. Uh, good time to point out that both of these movies, so Unhinged and uh, Sarah Hardy, they were both they both took place in fictional Oregon towns. Um, yep. Sarah Hardy in uh, Lewiston, Oregon, and Unhinged in Pinewood. Oh, Oregon. I didn't hear Lewiston. Uh, you didn't hear it. That's correct. <laughs> when she's ruffling through papers, you see an address, and it's addressed to Lewiston, Oregon. But but that doesn't matter at all. That's fine. Um, what I wanted to point out was that Unhinged took place in Pinewood, Oregon, and then the Pittock Mansion in Sarah Hardy is called The Pines. The Pines. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. nice yeah. connections. So speaking of connections, I'm about to blow your okay. mind. All right, let me. S- okay, <clears throat> let me sit up here. So Marion Penrose, yeah, everyone, everyone remember Marion Penrose. Unhinged. She yes. was the the matron yes. in Unhinged. Same actress as Sarah Hardy's mother. No <sighs> way, absolutely no. Yes, way. Yes, same oh actress. Oh my gosh, P.E. something her name is or what? Something. Yep, totally. Wow, IMDb says it's true. Boom. Oh. Wow. What are the chances? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe she just lives at the Pedock Mansion as in every movie. <laughs> she's gonna be in she's, she's gonna be in body of evidence later. <laughs> she lives in the walls and they just wheel her out when she is filming. the wall man. <laughs> yeah. She is literally the wall man. Wow, because she was I was she good in unhinged? I couldn't tell if she was really good and just struggling because the material no, was so bad. I think she was the best of all of the actors. Okay. And so, oh, I agree. Because yeah. in, in Sarah Hardy as the mom, I thought she was quite good as being the crazy yep. the crazy mom that... Well, she wasn't the mom. She was the Marion Penrose. Right, the, right. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, the yeah, daughter. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in Sarah Hardy, she was the mom. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, we should have her on the show. We have a list of people we need to get on the show. She's probably still around. We'll just wheel her out of the wall. <laughs> She's still living there. They also should... In the Miss Penrose? Can you do some heavy breathing hey, for us? we have a podcast request. <laughs> so I would say just like the just like the movie Unhinged was like 90% dead silence and real-time wine pouring, this movie was 90% Seal Award doing something and then being distracted by a noise in the distance and going... <gasps> 
and like <laughs> and looking then, over to try to figure out what it was. And just the the stupidest editing, uh, like the, it would something major just happen. Like I just fired the person who has worked Raised for my me. family for forty years. Oh well, you know, you probably had a good reason for that. Let's go inside and kiss. Yeah, <laughs> let's have another have a loud makeout like scene. I, like what? <laughs> like he. Yeah, because it was literally like as if she would be firing her mom because that lady raised her. Totally. So one of the things that she would hear, and it was kind of one of the spooky elements, it was the harpsichord piano music that yeah. was coming from the piano room. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. Do you remember the scene at the beginning where um, she, her father is dead and then her mother talks to her and, and then they're like, your mother wants to see you again. Go in there. And, and her mother's like, you hear this harpsichord music and then it's just like it ends on a dissonant chord and it's just like the same dissonant chord over and over and it's just like, eh, yeah. eh. And everybody looks it, over. It just add that to our list of obnoxious sounds in Portland movies. <laughs> right next to that is our new list. Right next to Free Willy's Keiko noise. So, Todd, you remember that uh, MP3 <gasps> I sent you? I do. Oh, this is. I think this is the time where you open that MP3. Okay, I, so, I'm excited. Are we ready? As I was watching this, I was thinking that the most annoying sound in the world would probably be that chord played over the sound of Kiko crying. <laughs> Played over the sound of Dr. Giggles laughing. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a seizure. Okay, here oh we go. Oh my word. <laughs> Holy cow. That, <laughs> that is the worst thing I have ever heard. That will be That's in our new, haunted house. <laughs> That's on my new Halloween. My new ring, ringtone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's and that all goes together on all astonishingly levels. well. I know. Oh my gosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we get. We also. Where are we even in this movie? She's. Celia <laughs> Ward keeps being distracted, like we said, by these sounds, and she thinks she's seeing things out of the corner of her eye. So she thinks she's starting to get haunted by her mother. By her mother. Yeah. Uh, it's the haunting of it's Sarah the haunting Hardy. Of Sarah Hardy. Um. So eventually, she finds out through her through her psychiatrist friend that she is pregnant because she fainted. Um, but she then there's another big party, and she runs out trying to find the person that's lurking around that she thinks she sees. So she runs out sky outside to the greenhouse, sees a bunch of lilies in there, freaks out, then runs back to the house and collapses. Wakes up in the hospital, find out that she is unpregnant. She the they the guy says we found out it would have been brain damaged right. is what he says. Um, you lost oxygen. You lost oxygen. Yeah. So they go back to the house and she see Ward kind of descends into a little bit more madness s- s- still sees and hears things. Meanwhile, I have a question about. Morgan Fairchild's character. So she is the childhood friend. Yes. She mentions early on she is an actress. She's a soap actress that she says, oh, I'm getting written out in two weeks or whatever. But for the rest of the movie, she's shown at rehearsals in a play where she is a witch and they're yeah, apparently it's, it's, doing The Tempest. Is, is it that or I don't know. Like Night it, Stream? It, yeah, I'm unfamiliar, yeah. but... I could not figure out what her job was. Like she said, she was on a soap opera, and it every al- time they showed her, she's dressed. It almost felt like she was an extra. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. 
Uh, she was the person that held all the sweaters. They just put it all on her at the same time. Um, so, oh boy, where are we in this movie? Uh, they have another, p- they have a lot of parties in this movie. Because then she eventually has a nervous breakdown. She the haunting eventually, continues. The haunting continues. And she eventually picks up the phone. She sees the phone is in use when they're in the mansion. And she hears her husband talking to Morgan Fairchild. She and doesn't. Does she know it's Morgan Fairchild? I don't know. I don't. I it's don't a woman that says, so. you know, he, I'm going to come visit or something like yeah, that. She just I mean, realizes that her husband is. I mean, they are childhood her. friends. Right. They are. So that's the big twist to show that the husband and Morgan Fairchild cue sexy sex music and loud kissing are trying to get Celia Ward to kill herself. Right, that's their plan. No. No. no, 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 no. Uh, they're trying. They're going to kill, kill her. her. Yeah, they're going to kill her because when she does end up killing herself, they literally say, "Oh, they she did it for us." And yeah, and, okay. and there was a scene where uh, a husband guy pulls out like a n- kitchen knife and it's your turn. What yeah. did that mean and, when she said it's your turn? Because like have they she, done this before? <laughs> Gone through the knife drawer? No, um, stabbing people. There was what wasn't there? I'm forgetting. Right before that, there was somebody chasing her with a knife. Uh, she so she dressed up as the mom in well, the greenhouse and okay. chased her with a knife. Okay, and then oh. they cut to the kitchen, and so now she it's your turn, she yeah. had had. Uh, uh, you know, faked being the mom with the knife, and so now okay. it's your turn to do it. Okay, and so they were gonna fill it. They drugged Sarah Hardy. They uh, were gonna fill the bathtub, and they were gonna slit her wrist. And right as they were gonna do that, they discovered Sarah is missing. Yeah, and she left a suicide note. And she left a suicide note. Yeah, and so the next scene, they show the beach where the police are like, "We found this." bottle of pills at the beach therefore she killed herself in the ocean just like her mother and they'd been looking they'd been looking for her for like a half hour (laughs) when you hear this because hollywood you have that clip queued up todd oh oh i do (laughs) so this this is one of those only because movie reasons so they've only been searching for her for like a half hour and they have no body okay and then you hear this in the background We were going to continue the search, but it, it looks, looks hopeless. Look, we've been out here for a half hour. It's hopeless. We've looked everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah goes missing, and uh, the husband, Austin, and Morgan Fairchild celebrate. Morgan Fairchild celebrates by wearing the most enormous belt known to man. It's like one of those 80s belt dresses. is the dress that has like a f- foot-wide belt around with like a head-size buckle, which was amazing. And they celebrate because they are going to inherit the house. They are going to inherit the pines. Um, which was their goal. Which was along. their goal. Yeah. So now they don't have to kill Sarah Hardy. But there is still a half hour left in this movie. <laughs> so something has to happen. Uh, and Sarah. Dr. Glasses uh, suspects foul play. Yes. As does Mrs. Stepford. The, yeah. The, right. This, the caretaker. Are you going to give me my money? And so Mrs. Give me my money. She, she doesn't care. She I just want wants. She's blackmailing. She is. So yeah, she like, starts blackmailing the husband because she's she, she says things don't add up. So, so she's asking for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Right. 
and and to her credit, uh, she doesn't have much love lost for the the for Austin for the for the oh, lady either because oh, true she just fired her after forty years of raising know, her uh, raising her and uh, just ditched her in an afternoon for, yeah for making a phone call to her sister in Michigan right although Sarah thought that thought that um, Mrs Stepford or Miss Stepford was uh, the one trying to haunt her and take the house right that's so why she, she fired that's her. why right. she fired her so mm-hmm. um but yeah so then at the end. Boy. Oh yeah. So Alan shows back up. I forget what Alan, Dr. Glasses returns. Dr. Glasses returns and says, What's going on? They turn He's him investigating. Over. Like he goes oh, there. Oh, he looks in the greenhouse. Yeah. And he wanders off after the after Austin and Morgan Fairchild go back inside. And who shows up? Yeah, she uh Sarah reveals Sarah herself. Hardy, yeah. Who has been living in the forest for weeks? Uh, maybe. Because they've been, had a funeral, her, they've decided who with, the house has with, gone to. Probably with the brother from the right, other Carl. From, her <laughs> and with Carl have been in the cave. Now this movie showed a greenhouse, and the other movies showed like a an outbuilding guest house. Are either of those on the property? I didn't see the greenhouse, okay. Uh, so I don't know if that exists or not. Uh, but the out the outbuilding, yeah. Um, uh, is the ticket office now? It used oh, to be okay. the carriage house where the uh, okay uh, chauffeur lived. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if that greenhouse was part of it, but um. So Sarah is back. Who knows where she's been living? They, Sarah goes back into the house to go through her ex-husband's, because she wants proof that it, her husband was going to kill her not only was going to kill her but her husband uh she didn't lose the baby her husband paid for an abortion yes so that's what we find out when she goes through his stuff is that when she fainted earlier and woke up and he said the the baby would have been brain dead right they they called it a therapeutic abortion, abortion. was on the was right. on the bill so did he do that to 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 make her only more upset to, I, to want to kill herself yes because they mentioned that later but i can't figure out when this whole plan started because if he was going to just kill her why go through the whole abortion thing you know? I because this is a because lifetime, lifetime <laughs> USA movie we need them all. the only thing that didn't have was child abuse was not or like a domestic violence situation was the only thing like that didn't right. get poured into this movie but when when did Morgan Fairchild who's been lifelong friends with Sarah and Austin who shows up mid movie to marry her when did they start their plan I think it was from the beginning. Like th- this was the plan all along. Like before they even got married, it's like we're together. I'll marry her. We'll take all the money, and then we'll be together. Okay. I think. Wow, what a that's a if long. If you con. care that much, Todd, you can read the novel because <laughs> this movie was based on a novel by Jim Flanagan called The Crossing, and some lady wrote a, an entire blog post about how she loves this book. And if it's half as good as she claims, you're going to love this read. Wow. I'm going to have to sit back and, and not ever read that. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes place in New Jersey, but they changed it for this movie. Because <laughs> it was cheaper to film in Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> uh, so at the end, um, uh, it. oh, oh yeah. So 
Austin, the husband, knows that um, Sarah has come back and looked through the files. He is he grabs a gun out of the desk. Right. All bets are off. All bets are off. He's wandering around trying to shoot her, sees her through one of the glass doors, sees her shadow, shoots her, except it's not Sarah Hardy. It's, it's Morgan, Morgan Fairchild. Fairchild. Somehow the bullet penetrated the 900 layers of clothing <laughs> she was wearing. Um, so, she, yeah, Austin accidentally kills Morgan Fairchild. Then, then I, I have questions. Okay. What? So the next scene, isn't the next scene, the police showing up. So the police show up and they put out an APB for Austin who has escaped. And a short while later, they discover a car run off the road. The car is like in flames on the coast. And then. Alan and uh, Sarah show up and the police need Sarah to identify the body. And Alan's like, she's been through enough. I will do it. And he goes over there and you just assume that the body was identified. Because they show him like, you know, yep. Now, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of it. Okay, picture this. You're the person who's trying to kill you goes missing, right? And they come up on this, and it's and it's a loved one. They come on this this fiery car crash. You just get there. You're bawling. You're inconsolable. The police do not ask you to identify a body, like while the car is literally still on fire. This is another because Hollywood moment. Todd. They're like, come identify in this flaming wreckage on the side of the hill and tell me that this is your husband. Right. But yeah, we are we are left to assume that. That Dr. Glasses said, yeah, that's it. And so the next scene, we get our nice denouement. We have Seal uh, Ward, Sarah Hardy, putting on her nice blue long negligee and getting ready to hop into bed with with Dr. Glasses. And we see we see the man in the bed kind of sleeping. She gets. It's no surprise at this point. You know that it's not Doctor Glasses because of the way they sh don't show him. Yeah, you see more sexy back. You've seen the sexy back before. This is bringing sexy back. Yes. Uh, she gets into bed, and it turns out that it's the husband Austin is the one in the bed, and he's gonna oh. kill her. She screams. The movie ends. So what Roll did Alan what identify? Did he identify? Right. Where did he go? Where did the police go? Where did this ending makes no sense it to me? Made no sense. It made me frustrated. I wonder if it was a reshoot or something like that. <laughs> like they demanded a change. I, the studio was like, we can't have enough. it end like that. We can't just end with them identifying a body in a fiery car crash. That never happens. Right. We can't leave the movie on that. We might want to make a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Let's make a franchise. It was it was so ham-fisted and so dumb when they turned around and it was the the husband somehow in bed. <sighs> have you ever thought about this though? Like, this movie, The Haunting of, of Sarah Hardy. Um, how many movies have started with the title The Haunting, the Haunting of, of... A lot, because I accidentally watched several of them <laughs> while trying to find this movie uh, on YouTube. Which, again, yeah, this movie and Unhinged is uh, fully on YouTube. But, it, uh, yeah, it's called The Haunting of Sarah Hardy, not The Haunting of... So so just for reference... <laughs> all the other ones. All the other ones. The ha there, there's 1977, The Haunting of Julia. Mm -hmm. There's 2014, The Haunting of Alice D. 2012, The Haunting of Helena. <laughs> Isn't there just The Haunting? There's, there's the, haunting. the Haunting. 1996, <laughs> The Haunting of Lisa. 
2008, The Haunting of Molly Hartley. <laughs> 1990, The Haunting of Morella. <laughs> uh, 2015, Sunshine The Haunting... Sunshine Girl, Hill House, Cell the... Block 11, Connecticut, <laughs> Winchester House, Braidwood Manor, Molly Hartley, Sunshine... <laughs> like, holy crap. I didn't realize this yeah. was such a subgenre. Yeah. So this movie, yeah, if you are... I would say if you are a fan of Lifetime movies... Uh, I would totally recommend. I thought it was really fun. I I don't know how to yeah. watch it again, but it was yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah, and and uh, again as a Portlander, uh, it's it is definitely it it really covers the Piddick Mansion. This uh, one really does. Unhinged was so dark, like it was a shame because like that building would have been magnificent at night with like the right underlit, you know, right. everything. Uh, the Sarah Har- hunting of Sarah Hardy is most of it seems to be done during the day, so you get bright shots of of the mansion. It looks wonderful. The grounds yep. look great, and they're very careful to film it in a way where you can't see any of the Portland skyline behind yep. it. Oh of yeah, course. they do because you didn't see any of that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I would definitely, I would, I would at least check them both out uh, if you like the flavor of what you're seeing. Yep. Then you're in for that the whole movie because they're they're a little one note, but they they are really cool. And I would say both of these movies are a great example of the genre that they are representing. Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, totally. totally. B movie schlock and a Lifetime movie. Yeah, like so. th- they're both schlock, but you know, and, yeah. If different. you want Lifetime schlock or you want slasher '80s horror schlock, like here you yeah, go, yeah. filmed in Portland. Totally. So yeah, do check those out. Uh, check out the rest of our episodes. This is episode twelve already of this of this program. It seems like we just started. Oh, let's look back. Now we're done. Uh, <laughs> check us. Check out more. You can find all our episodes at portlandatthemovies dot com. I will be updating our map uh, of locations so you can see what uh, Pitock Mansion looked like in both of these movies at portlandatthemovies dot com slash map. Uh, we also have. I posted a. Uh, a master list of the movies that we have going. So if you know of any other movies that were filmed, uh, the majority of it filmed uh, in and around Portland, let us know. And you can see that at portlandofthemovies.com slash master list. You can see all those movies. So uh, find us on Facebook. Our live video has ended. <laughs> it has <laughs> decided to shut the show off for us. Um, take a hint. It still hint. says it's streaming here. Uh, on this <laughs> but uh, also catch us on right. Fun Employment Radio coming up. On December 2nd at the Hawthorne Theory is awesome. We will be part of the Portland Podcast Festival. Uh, I think there's about 10 10 to 12 other podcasts. We will all be doing a a live 20-minute version of our show, uh, of, of our show's uh, and we will be there. We hope to see you there. It'll be really great. Fun Employment, of course, will be there. Geek in the City will be there. Rip City Bad Boys will be there. Uh, a bunch of stuff will be there. So check that out at portlandpodcastfestival.com. You can see the lineup and buy tickets. Uh, Brian, if we wanted to find uh, more about the Unipiper, where can we go? Uh, you can go to www.unipiper.com. <laughs> Dot com. Nice. And can we see all those wonderful merch that KGW let you <laughs> let you yes. show on television? Yes. The Unipiper Home Shopping Network <laughs> is live at <laughs> Unipiper.com. We have socks. We have magnets. We have enamel pins. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't see what you want, let me know because uh, I'm a consumer whore and I will let you have it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, if you want to f- hear more of me and Mark, you can f- uh, hear more at the Mark and Todd cast. Dot com where every week we pick a different science or uh, 
Science culture or culture whatever we find interesting topic. topic and we discuss it uh, along with some science news so it's really fun and le- really sporadic uh, is what we cover so uh, find those at markandtalkouts.com and every episode Brian comes on and tells us what's going on around Portland so you can find all of that on the internet anything any last thoughts on on these scary Halloween movies uh, this episode was not as bad as uh, episodes past <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun <laughs> Our episodes I did the, not want to movies. kill myself after watching these <laughs> watch movies. It. That is true. It, I I was really and I am kind of afraid because we don't get to, like there's other bad movie podcasts. They get to pick movies that will fit well and be fun to make fun of. Like we don't know every week. We may be <laughs> getting something fantastic. We maybe right. get something that's super boring. But it's been really fun just because they've all been so different really different and really yeah. random so uh yeah you can find out all you can find all those uh at portland at the movies.com uh other than that we hope you guys um i don't know what we hope you guys do uh we will see you guys next time thank you for listening bye-bye bye, bye.